Hello and welcome to the Value Pricing Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wickersham. I'm a chartered accountant, public speaker, and value pricing expert. In fact, I'm obsessed with value pricing and helping accounting professionals get better prices, being more valuable to their clients, make more money, and of course, have more fun. That's why I've spent over two decades teaching accountants and bookkeepers how to value price their services. These episodes are recordings from my live training sessions where I'll be teaching how to price your services, how to win more clients, and how to run a more profitable accounting firm. Today's session is all about how can we increase our profits, the value our firms using recurring revenue. So think about this. This is a huge opportunity. And I know to some extent as a profession, we are we, we already have an element of recurring revenue. One of the great things about uh, our business is that when you win a client for compliance services, whether that's bookkeeping, annual financial statements, management reporting, advisory work, whether it's tax returns, the great news is, is that when we win a client, then they usually come back next year and the year after and the year after and they stay with us. So we have in our, in our profession, we have an element of recurring business and we even, we even call it, certainly in the UK, gross recurring fees, a short and very often a GRF. And in fact, it's the, the, the heart of the valuation model of an accounting firm. So certainly in the UK, but I think it's the same around the world, is that if you want to sell your accounting business, then typically they sell for a multiple of GRF. Typically in the UK, I believe it's about between 1 and 1.2 times. In other words, gross recurring fees, if you have 100,000 of clients for whether it's bookkeeping, tax returns, etc., because that 100,000 repeats every single year, then typically somebody would pay a multiple of that to acquire that. So we call it in the UK, certainly GRF. It stands for gross recurring fees. We have recurring income, which is hugely valuable because it means that once a client becomes a client, we don't have to keep selling to them every single year. They have to keep coming back and buying our tax return, buying our bookkeeping, buying our payroll, whatever it happens to be. So we are fortunate in some respects that we have that recurring revenue. But there's some other levels that we can go to. So let me think, let's think of this for a minute. Let's think of some numbers just to make this practical of the size of the opportunity. I have no idea how many clients you have in your firm right now, but you can do the math yourself. But let's imagine you have a hundred clients. You have a hundred clients that buy your compliance services. What if you could find a way for each and every one of those clients to pay you by recurring payment every month by a subscription, let's say just $27, £27 a month. If you had 100 clients and you could do something where they paid you an extra 27, so not a lot of money, just a small monthly amount of 27. When you do the math, that adds up to an extra, and I haven't got my calculator, but I think it's 32,400 whether it's dollars, pounds, whatever, per annum. 
And if we're creative about how we can add value to our clients so that they would willingly choose to pay us an extra 27 a month, then that, that 32,400 just goes straight to our bottom line. It's extra profit. If you've just got 100 clients, you could add 32 grand to your bottom line profit if you start being creative about how we can tap into the idea of recurring revenues. So this is something that is a topic kind of close to my heart because my entire business has been built around this and has been for the last, let me think, 18 years. And one of the books that for me is I read all the business books and there's one book, if I was to list my top five books, there was one book well in the top five that for me encapsulates really the, the benefit, the power of what I'm going to talk, of what I'm talking about. And it's by a, a good friend of mine over in Toronto in Canada. His name's John Warwillow. He's written, he's just brought his, out his third book, I think, this year. This was his second book. It's called The Automatic Customer. And he sent me a copy of this before it's published to, to read and give him some thoughts on. This book is extraordinary, I, I believe. It was, it, it's one of the best books I've read because it really illustrates the power of what I'm going to talk about today. In fact, this is the only book where by the time I got to page two, I had to put it down and actually a swear word came out of my mouth because it really made me stop and think. In fact, let me read you just the first part of this book. Literally, only the first is a page that I, will, that I will read you from the book. And it will give you an idea, the sense of the power of what I'm talking about. So it's actually probably a page in a little bit. So it starts off in the introduction. John says, We'd been running together for five months when Sasha announced he was leaving on a business trip to China. The timing could not have been worse. The marathon was just six weeks away. And we had come to rely on each other to stay motivated through the hardest part of our training schedule. Now, at the height of our work, he was leaving for two weeks. Since Sasha and I wouldn't be able to run together, we decided to egg each other on digitally. We agreed to text each other the results from our training run each day as a way to stay motivated. Sasha asked if, instead of texting, we could use a messaging service called WhatsApp. I was used to texting using the standard service on my iPhone, so I wasn't in a hurry to learn a new platform. I asked him why we couldn't just text the normal way. Sasha replied that the phone company charged a relative fortune to text from China, and WhatsApp, instead of using the mobile networks, runs on the internet and therefore doesn't require expensive mobile carrier fees. In fact, the only fee to use WhatsApp is $1 per year subscription. It charges after the first year. We used WhatsApp to communicate while Sasha was in China and eventually finished the marathon together thanks in part to our WhatsApp-supported training regime. It turns out that in using WhatsApp, we were not alone. By early 2014, WhatsApp had acquired 450 million users and was adding a million users per day when Facebook announced it had acquired the company for $19 billion the largest acquisition of an internet startup in history. This was a small little company, WhatsApp, that had a subscription business and they charged it a dollar a year. And you might say a dollar a year? You can't make money out of a subscription that's one dollar a year. Well, if you can get 450 million customers as a result of that, somebody's going to want to buy that business. And $19 billion is what Facebook paid 
for WhatsApp. That's the power of recurring subscriptions, recurring revenue. And so what I'm going to teach you in today's session is we're going to look at some ways that we're going to look at some of the benefits of, of recurring subscriptions, but we're also going to look at some ways that you in your accounting firm could tap into some of these ideas. But also one other thing that I want you to be thinking about in the back of your mind as you listen. You see, one of the great things about our profession is that Yes, we want to build a more successful accounting business, whether you're an accountant, a bookkeeper, a consultant, but we also have clients, and our clients are business owners, and our clients want help growing a successful business. So the great thing is, is that whenever you learn something like today that can benefit your accounting firm, chances are it can also help your clients. So if you're into the idea of helping clients through business advisory, helping your clients build more successful businesses, then what I'm going to teach you today, you can apply to your accounting firm, but also there are ideas that you might want to share with your clients. So I'll leave you to think about that. So let's start with, and I do, by the way, I strongly recommend you get this book by John Warlow. It's called The Automatic Customer. It's extraordinary. And it, it, particularly if particularly if you are into advisory work and helping your clients build more successful businesses. So what are the benefits of recurring revenue? What are the benefits? Well, the first one, of course, and, and as I said, to some extent in our profession, we have that with some of our work, with perhaps much of it through bookkeeping, tax returns, annual financial statements, payroll. They are recurring by nature. And what recurring work gives you is predictable revenue. It allows you to start to predict what your revenue is. Whereas there are other businesses where every month they have to go out and sell because they don't have anything lined up unless they go and sell. It gives you predictable revenue. Another thing, of course, it gives you is if you've got recurring revenue coming in, then it gives you a steady cash flow. It allows you to predict your your revenue. And and so if I think about, and, and many of you know, I, I used to have my own accounting firm. I started as a, as a sole practitioner way, way back now in May 1996. I ran my own firm for just under a decade. And I did all sorts of mistakes in the first two or three years. And one of the things I found in the early days was that I was I was having to work really hard to win clients and then because of mistakes I made, some left, some went out of business. And because I didn't know how to price and so on, I, I found there were peaks and troughs in the year because to some extent, accountancy is, is seasonable. It's seasonal. In the UK, for example, January is crazy busy because of tax season. It's April for the US and Canada. And then in, in February, March, it tends to go really quiet. And we're then waiting until... May, June, July, when people with April and May year ends, or March and April year ends, so start to bring in their books and records. So we tend to get really busy in the UK in the summer months. It quietens a bit, gets busy leading up to Christmas because we have September year ends is quite common. Crazy in January, quiet again, February and March. So we have these peaks and troughs. And I found in my accounting firm back in the 1990s that there were, as I was growing my firm, I had this very unpredictable revenue, unpredictable cash flow, and I was constantly chasing clients for cash, 
chasing new clients to fill in the, 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 those gaps where you know, revenue was dropping, but I still had the salaries to pay. So I used to, I used to struggle. Uh, compare that to where I am today. My, I would guess about 95% of my business, if not more, probably 99% is recurring. So now I know with 95% certainty what my revenue will be, will be next month and what it will be the following month and the following month. And I know with 95% level of certainty exactly how much money is coming into my bank account next month and the month after and the month after. It gives you steady cash flows as you start to move towards everything being recurring. It also is easier for, for me because almost all my outgoings are recurring as, as increasingly we're in this subscription economy. So a lot of my costs are software, for example, that I pay for my software on monthly subscription. So I know what's coming in next month and I know what's going out next month. And I can predict for much of the rest of this year to within a, a fairly high degree of accuracy. So having recurring revenue gives us predictable income. It gives us a steady cash flow. It also increases something called lifetime value, the lifetime value of a customer. And that's really important for a reason I will come on to. Another thing that we find as well is that when we have recurring revenue, we can also, and this is an important one, we can automate the collection of cash. In the UK, we can use things like direct debits. I think in the US, you have ACH. Uh, getting cash paid to you automatically. Again, if I think back to the 1990s when I ran my accounting firm and I did some crazy things, I, I was so scared of the price conversation and so scared of losing clients that I would go and do the work do the work. I'd then send them a, a bill afterwards, an itemized invoice. And then I'd keep my fingers crossed that they were happy with that invoice. And they'd, and they'd pay me promptly inside my, I had 14 days was my terms on the invoice. P payment is due within 14 days. And more often than not, the money did not come in on 14 days. And sometimes for some clients, it never came in. And I spent a lot of my time chasing money, chasing clients, trying to bring money in, particularly at those times where I had this shortfall, August when they're on holiday, February and March after tax season. It was, I need some more money. I need to go and chase that money that's owed. So automatic cash collection makes life so much easier for you when you can do that. Another one and a big one, and, and John's first book, by the way, was called Built to Sell. He, his, his expertise is teaching how to build a more sellable business. And one of the things John found from all of his research is one of the things that impacts on the value of a business more than anything else is the extent to which you have recurring revenue. When you have recurring revenue, people will pay a premium, a higher price. That's why Facebook paid $19 billion dollars for WhatsApp because of the recurring revenue streams, the predictable re recurring revenue streams, as well as the customer base. When you create more recurring revenue, you increase the value of your firm. And here's another big advantage, which I think is really important. When you automate the cash coming into your business, when you know that you can predict into the future and you know that you have more cash coming in than cash going out, it means that you don't have to stress about chasing money, chasing brand new clients, chasing work. Once you have that certainty, 
you can spend more time, more focus on adding value to your clients. So in my case, I run the Value Pricing Academy. And because I don't have to chase money, I can spend my time thinking about ways I can create more value, create more training, create more resources, because I don't have the stress of worrying about where the next, where the next pound's coming from, the next euro, the next dollar. That's all sorted. So I can focus on doing the stuff I love to do. How do I add more value to my customers? Well, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. And of course, we're not done yet. But before we continue, if you're looking for more free training and help, here are three things you can do. First, connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me you listen to my podcast and I'll send you some links to some free resources. Next, be sure to visit my YouTube channel containing hundreds of training videos. Hit the subscribe button and the bell to get notified when I upload new content. And join my Facebook group, Value Pricing with Mark Wickersham, and be part of a community of accounting professionals getting better at pricing. Okay, let's continue. So there's some big benefits. But we also need to think about the other side of the coin because interestingly, customers, your clients, like to pay by subscription as well. People generally like subscriptions. And the reason for it is because when we pay things for subscription, it makes our life easier. We don't have to worry about it. We know that we pay a subscription and then the thing that we're subscribing for is just available when we want it. We don't have to go back to the, the store, to the shops or whatever to buy something again. We just know it'll come as we want it. We pay a subscription to Netflix knowing that if we want to watch some great TV, it's there available. We can watch whatever we want, when we want. We're in control. It makes our lives easy rather than having to go out and buy things individually, separately. Because it makes things automatic, it makes life easier, it's, it becomes more attractive to us. And also, and the other thing, it lessens the payment pain. In other words, one of the things we learned from psychology is that there is something called payment pain. People don't like to take money out of their pocket and hand it over. The act of handing cash over reminds us that we are giving away money, which is why we tend to prefer to buy things on credit card because it doesn't feel like real money. It's just a piece of plastic. And in a similar way, setting up recurring payments means that we don't worry about them. We don't see the money coming out of our pocket. We don't feel the pain. And so we are just left to enjoy. We enjoy Netflix. We forget about the payment pain because it's all handled for us automatically. And you'll see that the world has been shifting. There are so many examples of companies that have now shifted to this subscription model. Take Microsoft. Office 365, they used to sell, you had you bought software as a, an individual product. Now Microsoft have realized, and they were slow to this, but very slow, as you perhaps know, because the, the software industry is done, was, was one of the first to start to, the SaaS industry, software as a service, you know, subscriptions. Apple, for example, they know that the future of Apple isn't about selling iPhones because they're going to saturate the market. Once everyone's got an iPhone in the world, how many more iPhones can they sell? So you'll know Apple are moving much more. They're making a lot of money from things like Apple Music. It's the subscriptions. Amazon's a great example. The amount of money that Amazon makes from, from Amazon Prime is extraordinary. Even things like the Dollar Shave Club, 
People pay a subscription to get shaving razor blades and things delivered because it takes away all the stress and the hassle of having to remember to buy it. There are so many different companies now that are in this subscription space. So we're accounting firms. How can we do this? Bearing in mind, of course, that to some extent we are already doing this. Well, first idea for you is this. If you've got, think about any service that you currently offer to your clients, which is recurring, but which you do it once a year, let's say, and historically probably got paid once a year. So for an accounting firm, for accountants, that might be the end of year annual financial statements. The model was for me back in 96, 97, when I ran my accounting firm, was that once a year, I'd chase the client up, they'd bring the books and records in, I'd spend a week or so doing the annual financial statements, the corporation tax return and so on. I'd send them a bill for the work I'd done, keep my fingers crossed that hopefully they would pay it. And so, yes, we get, if they do pay, we get money coming in recurring once a year. And the same with tax returns. What if instead your clients, you agree the price up front for the following year's work and they pay you every single month? If you can get your clients to pay you every single month for those annual recurring things, annual financial statements, tax returns would be two great examples. You are turning annual recurring into monthly recurring. That really helps you to create those predictable cash flows. And the way that many people in the Value Pricing Academy do it, because I teach this, is many firms are now collecting the money in advance. So by the time they've done the annual financial statements, they've had all the money. So rather than sending out an invoice and adding to their balance sheet debtors or accounts receivable, we now have a negative number because we're getting the cash before we do the work. That's the way a lot of firms are now doing it. So that's the first thing that you can do. If you have annually recurring work where you get paid annually, figure out how you can change that model so that your clients pay you monthly. And remember, many clients will love to do that because it makes it easier. They can then set up the direct debit, the ACH, whatever it happens to be, and they can forget about it. Okay, let's go on to a second idea. Let's take this to another level. So another thing that you could perhaps do is think about a retainer arrangement. A retainer arrangement where they pay you a monthly subscription, a monthly fee, to have access to you, to have access to your firm. Because the reason why people want to work with great accounting firms, because they, they, they know that they can contact you if they have issues, if they want help with something, they have perhaps a big tax bill come in, they can contact you. There's real value in knowing that they can pick up the phone whenever they want. There's real value in knowing that they can come and see you. And so one of the things to do is think of your accounting firm as a club, a membership club, just like a golf club. With a golf club, people pay a membership to have access to the golf club. And then if they want to go and play golf, they then pay to go and play golf. But they pay a membership first to have access to the club. Why can't we do the same thing? Why can't we do the same thing? And so the thought process that you want to go through is think about, okay, what could I do to make my firm feel more exclusive? How could I add some more value? How could I make it so that people would want to pay a subscription 
And let's go back to that original example from the start of just $27 a month or £27 a month. It doesn't have to be a big amount. Remember, WhatsApp, $1 a year, 450,000 members, and they sold for $19 billion. This, it doesn't have to be a big subscription, but when you multiply across your client base, this can make a big difference to your bottom line profits. So what could you, what could you build in? What extra benefits could you offer for people to become part of your firm, to have the benefit of accessing you, your team, accessing to things like a, perhaps a monthly newsletter, a tax planning update every year, whatever it might well be, things you do anyway. In the UK, for example, a lot of accounting firms, there's a, there's a, a budget every year where the government announces the new rates and accounting firms go out and go on these budget update courses, create these nice little tax cards and things to send to their clients so they know what the latest tax um, rates are and so on. And we give all that stuff away for free. Well, why don't there's value to all that? So we could package it up in some way and make it like a membership club, make it exclusive. And if you made that compulsory, then I don't know how many firms you have in your client base right now, but imagine if every single firm paid you an extra £27 or $27 a month. That could be a big amount of additional bottom line profit and creates a recurring revenue stream and all the benefits that come with that. Let's go to a third idea. Next thing that you could do is how about running a business club? So if you like the idea of doing business advice, of a business advisory, of advising your clients to build more successful businesses, then you could, of course, run a one-to-one business advisory service where you, they pay you a fee and, and you, you work with them every month to give them business advice. But what about if you scale that? What about if once a month you got 10 clients came into you, perhaps it was a, a physical room, or perhaps it could be done using something like Zoom. And if 10 clients came every month to hear you give advice, to give some thoughts on how they could be, build a more profitable business. And imagine that those 10 clients paid you, let's say, they got so much value from listening to you every month. As well, of course, as the value of you putting 10 people in a space where they can network with each other. And don't forget that. Back in the year 2000, in my accounting firm, I launched a business club. The internet hadn't really taken off. It was a physical business club rather than virtual. And I launched it in February 2000. My first event, 17 people showed up. And I ran that for, I think it was three to four years. Every month, typically between 15 and 20 people came along to my business club. And I spent typically 45 minutes just teaching a business building topic. Today's topic would have been a great topic. I don't think I taught this, but it could have, it, it's something you could teach. What I'm teaching you, you could teach to your clients. And you could give lots of examples, Office 365, Apple Music, Amazon Prime, the Dollar Shave Club, and many, many more examples of, and, and th that your clients could then start to think about in their own business. So I did a business club, and I had between 15 and 20 people show up every single month for three and a half, four years. And what I found was that I asked them what was the most valuable part. And the way I structured it was it was 45 minutes where I would teach them something, we then all go and have a cup of coffee and have a chat for 10, 15 minutes. Then we'd all come back together. And we had in those days, I had a, a U-shaped table 
or a range of tables. They sat in a U, and I was in the, the middle of the U, if that makes sense. And for the second 45 minutes, I didn't teach anything. I just got them to ask questions. And I'd say, who has a question about the topic? Someone would ask a question. And I'd say, does anybody else in the room here, have anybody else had that situation and be able to solve it? And two or three people would say, yeah, actually, I had that situation. This is what we did. And what I found is that just by facilitating, my clients and prospects in this room got more, they told me they got more value out of that part of the club than the bit when I was doing the teaching. They got the value out of me pulling these people together so they could network. Huge value. So imagine if you got 10 clients together and they enjoyed it so much they came to hear you every single month. And imagine they got so much value they were willing to pay $270 or £270 a month. 10 clients paying you 270 a month is 32000 again. And the only cost to you is the half day of you or the few hours where you just share your content every month and your time hasn't got a physical, an actual cost. That's all extra profit to your business. So that's another way that you could structure recurring revenue. You could run a business club. And in this day and age, I used to do it as a physical event. So I had to hire a, a venue. I had to pay for teas and coffees. In this day and age, it's even easier because this can be done online. You could just jump online on a Zoom meeting, invite 10 of your clients and prospects, deliver value, and, and they pay you a recurring subscription. And it only takes up a couple of hours every single month. And what you've got is scalable because think of this. What if 10 people came and paid you because they saw value? But over the course of the next year, what if that grew to 20 people? or 30 people, or 40 people. Here's the interesting thing about the model. Your costs don't change. Unlike when you're working one-to-one, -one, if you want to double the number of clients, you have to double the amount of time that you spend, or you have to hire people. But when you build a scalable model, like a business club, then it's the same effort whether you're teaching 10 people or 100 people. And that's my business model. As you know, if you're part of the Value Price Academy, that's my business model. It makes it a seven-figure business because it's scalable. And you can do the same thing. And if you're interested in learning more about that, I have an, a training academy where I teach my exact business model and how you can replicate it. Let me just, before that, let me just wrap up with a, a few more thoughts. The opportunity is huge. Of course, there are a few challenges to be aware of. As you move down the route of a subscription-based business, like a SaaS company, for example, then there's a new bunch of metrics that we need to be aware of and learning. So when you build a subscription-based business, whether you decide to have a retainer or build a business club, you need to be starting to measure things like MRR. That's called monthly recurring revenue. MRR is a, is a a metric that any subscription-based business needs to be measuring. Sometimes it's ARR, annual recurring revenue. LTV, lifetime value of a customer, is a really important measure. You should be measuring that in your firm. And CAC is customer acquisition costs. And then one more really important measure to be aware of. If you build a subscription-based recurring revenue business, the most important measure is churn. What's the percentage of people that leave the subscription? Because that is a big issue that you need to be aware of and how to then deal with that and minimize churn. 
So you need to learn the language of the new measures that you need. And if you're helping and advising your clients, of course, who might be wanting to move to a recurring revenue subscription-based model, they'll be looking to you to help them with those measures which are so important. Well, that's all for today's episode. If you want to learn more about value pricing, you can join my Facebook group, Value Pricing with Mark Wickersham. It's a community of thousands of accounting professionals. If you want to take things to another level, you can enroll in the Value Pricing Academy or one of my other academies. Find out more when you head to www.wickersham.co.uk. Members of the Value Pricing Academy learn how to price better, how to master business advisory, and how to build more successful and enjoyable accounting firms. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Value Pricing Podcast. See you soon.